If you're strong, you can fly. You can reach the other side of the podcast. It's alright, sit and chill. There's an hour left to fill, and we gotta go fast. That's what so makes sense. GHC, GHC, GH, say your nuts and train no drinkers. GHC, GHC, the aristos and overthinkers. GHC, GHC, spinning through this crazy fandom. GHC, GHC, GHC. Knock, knock, it's Nathan. Howdy, all y'all guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome to the GHZ, a podcast about Sonic the Hedgehog. On behalf of my three fellow co-hosts, we are so happy you're here. Toot toot, Sonic Joshua, with my cup of tea, Sir Peppermint, today, in case you were wondering. Ooh, good flavor. Uh, I know, delicious and caffeine-free. Um, <laughs> like me today, it's, uh, I'm very, very tired. Hi, it's me again. Uh, I did the theme song. You heard that earlier on, just not earlier on, just now. Uh, do it live every time. This was for best one yet. Best week. Thank you, mate. You get better, I'll, I'll keep better and better every week. I thought I was keeping it consistent, but fine. I'll, I'll take the, I'll take the thing. Um, and speaking of better, hopefully <laughs> nice segue, right? Uh, hopefully, uh, my microphone sounds better this week. I listened back to last week's episode, and my microphone kept cutting out. I was devastated, because I know you lot love the sound of my voice almost as much as I do, and I would hate to deprive you of that, so I've been fiddling with some settings, playing with my knobs. Hopefully, uh, we're going to get better result this week. Anyway, sharp me. Who else is here today? Hey, speaking of others, it's me. Ah, uh, yeah, this is Grant Nin. I'm Grant. I'm one of the other co-hosts. I also produce this show. And hey, you know what we want? We want to hang out with you. We want you to follow us on Twitter at GHZ Podcast. Join the Discord that's in the uh, series description link. And give us a rating, especially on Apple. Give us a five-star rating and tell us what you love. Come hang out with us in the Discord, why don't yeah. you? Tell us what episodes we should do. Tell us we were wrong about all of the song rankings from last week. <laughs> Tell us we're right about everything about Sonic 2 this week. Do what you want. Plus Lee. Yes, plus Lee, the podcast mascot. I'm still doing this shtick. And, <laughs> you know, I may remind you of V from K-pop group BTS. You know, everyone's oh favorite. V, the cute one, yeah. You're on a K-media kick lately, Lee. Oh, yeah. Because didn't you do Squid Game last week? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's what the kids love. They love all the K-media. So if you love K-pop, if you love the cuties in BTS, then mm. this is the radio show for you, where four geeks talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. So as you've noticed from the episode description, we're here to talk about Sonic 2, Sonic the Hedgehog Yay. 2, not the upcoming movie, not the 8-bit game, the 16-bit Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and we haven't covered it. We didn't cover it in Season 1. We covered Sonic 1. We've still not covered Sonic CD or Sonic 3, but we're going to, you know, give us some time. We're making our way downtown, and <laughs> tonight we're talking about Sonic 2. All right. And uh, we've invited a, a friend to guest with us. Uh, you've known him from his work on YouTube as the Geek Critique. Welcome, Josh. Yay. Another Josh. The other Josh. Yes, let's unmute him. Hello, Josh. <laughs> Supersonic other Josh does the Geek Critique. 
So this is what Joshes have to do when they introduce themselves on this program, I figured. That's right. Josh, too, you're going to love this. We've got some huge geeks for you to critique. Um, first of all, there's Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> well, we figured we're talking about Sonic 2, and what's better than one Josh but two? Sonic oh. adds a new buddy in Sonic 2. Yeah. We had a new buddy for the Sonic 2 episode. Well, there you go. That makes sense to me. It works perfectly. And uh, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for joining me, us. Yeah. Let's start here, new Josh. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you encountered Sonic 2 for the first time. And then let's just jump into it. And, and coupled with that of like how you feel about the game today and the game's legacy today. Okay. Well, um, honestly, like playing it again, I got to I really have to wonder, like, this game, like Sonic is supposed to be all about going fast, right? But like when I hold right, like I run into obstacles and hit platforms and like it just like the game wants me to go fast, but then it punishes me for doing that. I just I, I think Mario's really better. <laughs> unbelievable. Well, this is a good podcast. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Thanks for coming, mate. Um No, no, honestly, was- Sonic 2 was my first like ever video game um like all others <laughs> like every game i play in some way is derived is like i see it through the lens of the lessons that sonic 2 taught me about what gaming is supposed to be so it is a very very important game to me and this game came out in 1992 which is now 30 years ago yeah the 30 year anniversary wait it was november right november the something because it's the it's the special stage cheat isn't it spoilers sonic tuesday it came out on, on a Tuesday. Very, very cute. We were hoping the movie was going to do the same thing. Uh, but it, they're not going to. Friday. <laughs> this was your first game. You didn't play any like Mario games before this. You didn't play the first Sonic. Sonic 2 was the very first video game interactive medium that you encountered. Well, it's not the first game I ever played, but it's the first game that I ever like owned that was mine. Um, I played... Like my parents, like before I was born, had an Atari 5200 of all things. So I, I may have played oh. that beforehand. And then I know for a fact that I the, like I played like a lot. Like it seemed like everybody had an NES like before I got into gaming. So I'd go over to other people's places and like they'd have like Mario or Mega Man or something like that set up. But like nothing really grabbed my attention until I see. I don't know which I don't know which which of these two things happened first, but it was either. Like these both happened before I got my Genesis, and that was like, um, at my my cousin had a Genesis, and so I went over to his place and like we played Sonic, and like I was just like in it like caught my attention like a game never had before. I know that, um, so it was either that that happened first, or seeing Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> it was very similar for me. Yeah, it yeah. was Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic Two coupled together. That was my introduction to the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have an Atari and a and an NES as well, so I had played some video games. But Sonic Two was the first one where it just blew my doors off. Seeing the cut, <laughs> saw it at a neighbor's house for the first time, and I distinctly remember. Uh, replaying emerald hill at their house a bunch of times and always getting stuck at aquatic ruin uh and then later seeing like some older kid get all the way to oil ocean and just being even further blown away that's something that i never feel with games anymore is like that feeling of like you know like you you might see um like some far off like what something that seemed like it was so far beyond your skill level to like to even get to and so it, it just has that that like novel quality to it and you're like man i wonder how long it's going to take me before i'm like good enough to be here do you guys all remember the first time that you 
laid eyes on Sonic 2 or the first time that you experienced it? Um, yeah, for me, it was at a friend's house, uh, like at a sleepover or something. And uh, he, they had Sonic 2 and we played through it like in the two player mode. Um, and I remember going home to tell my brother about it because we had seen Sonic 1 before at, you know, toy stores and other friends' houses. But I remember we had I had a notepad and I drew a bunch of pictures and diagrams of what I could remember about Sonic 2 to share it with my brother before eventually <laughs> we were able to play it together ourselves. Yeah. Diagrams even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I drew level layouts and stuff that I could remember. I remember the drawing that little like spring pit trap in Aquatic Ruin, I think, where you bounce back and forth mm-hmm. between two oh, wow. springs and then the little weird uh, downhill slopey area and hilltop zone. Those are two of the things I remember drawing. Oh, yeah, and the 3D special stages. I love that attention to detail. I would I was just drawing the characters and Robotnik and uh, <laughs> very poorly at that. Yeah, I think I first saw Sonic 2 at my cousin's house. Um, By that time, I already had a Master System with a Master System version of Sonic 1. And I was a little kid. I was maybe six or seven. So I knew there was a Sega Master System and I knew there was a Sega Mega Drive and they were different things and the Master System was less powerful. Like I knew this intellectually, but by the time I actually saw the Mega Drive Sonic games, Sonic 1 and 2 that my cousin had, I was like really blown away. Yeah, you're living in the future. Welcome to the next level. You're in the future. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's really interesting because, you know, that's like kind of the opposite of how I experienced the the Master System games because to me they were always the Game Gear games. So, mm-hmm. so and, and I experienced all of them, you know, after I'd gotten into the 16-bit ones. So, you know, that was just like the handheld versions. And it, I think it, because of that, it kind of took me a lot, like a while to like come around to like appreciating them as their own as their own unique thing. But I really do now. Yeah, same here. I mean, that was the case in the U.S. Like the Master System just was a non-factor here. Oh, yeah. No, I like, you know, I was I was very little, but like I didn't know anybody who had one. I, I didn't know anybody who like knew what it was. I, I was unaware of it. Uh, we talked about it in a previous episode, didn't we, where um, it just they were selling it alongside the Mega Drive for so long. It was like the baby brother console or baby sister console, if you like, uh, or, you know, just the sort of slightly cheaper alternative that you'd still have fun with. Um, and it was still going for a while. Mid 90s, it was still going. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. when I saw my older kid, my older cousins with uh, with the Mega Drive Sonic One and Two and Streets of Rage and all this stuff, it was like, oh, these, this is like the big kid Sonic. This is yeah. this is like yeah. the cooler, the cooler, edgier Sonic with chemical plant zone. It's like, yeah. oh, this is like this is cool. You know, it was all like metal and silver and bing, 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 bing. oh yeah, this is this is for this is cool. This is cool. I need it. And I think it was maybe nineteen ninety four. I got my own Mega Drive with the Sonic One and Two packed in and two controllers. So you know, the perfect package. Lee's uh, experience is very similar to mine as well. And I've spoken about it at length on the podcast, but I like speaking at length about things. So here we go. Uh, yeah, it was the first uh, Sonic 2 on the Mega Drive was the first game I got excited about. It wasn't the first game I played. Mm. Um, that was, in fact, Sonic 1 on the Master System. <clears throat> but I remember being at some big box store 
um, out in Reading, and uh, they had uh, a whole like, electronics section. And yeah, there was just Sonic Two playing on a on a TV set way up high well it was probably about like five foot off the ground but i was a teeny kid i was like four years old <clears throat> and i remember just staring up at it for so long that my neck hurt and i was just like i couldn't tear my eyes away <laughs> watching that demo play over and over again uh <clears throat> and then that year um there it was under the tree so um yeah very very excited about that and yeah just absolutely started a love affair with sonic that never ended although it has it has been tested we, we took a break here and there <laughs> just to, fi- just sure, to figure yeah. a few things out uh just to take some time for ourselves maybe seek some other games consoles um but uh yeah uh yeah it just it was it really had such a lasting impact on me like you say the speed the colors the music like it just that it really for me it really sort of like especially looking back on it typified kind of like that this is what the mega drive is doing that the the nez or snes isn't um, you know, the, the other guys had your Mario and your Zeldas and stuff and they looked good and they sounded good and everything, but it all seemed so soft. <laughs> you know, Sonic 2 was like, fuck you, get good. Chemical Plant Zone. It was the dark souls of uh, platforming <laughs> in the 90s. Uh, yeah, just spectacular fucking game. Um, and actually, yeah, we got a little bit of an extra affinity for it, Grant and I, haven't we? Because we um, we mentioned before as well that we did a, a bit of a debate thing over christmas time with alex yard from uh from also from youtube um mm-hmm. where we just argued successfully that sonic 2 is the better game between sonic 1 and sonic 2 and uh it wasn't hard to do really yeah i'm curious uh for all of our thoughts just as we look at it from like a, a top view perspective before we break the game down into smaller more digestible mm. consumable chunks is you know, it's as Nathan mentioned, it's 30 years. It's the 30th anniversary coming up on on Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It was a massive yeah. success at the time. Uh, the the reviews for it were universally praising it. It was commercially successful. Um, it's often pointed to as the peak of the series by, I would say, the maybe more casual fans or the the fans that um, are maybe not as deeply invested in the series. But uh, it's been pointed out that the, you know, it's where does where does Sonic 2 fall within when you're just looking at the classic games um it seems like it's fallen a little bit out of favor in uh relation to first of all sonic 3 and sonic and knuckles but then also i think there's a there's a growing contingent of fan voices now they're like actually sonic 1 was the best one yeah sonic 2 as a result and sonic cd has always been like the dark horse favorite that you'll see people kind of championing like oh this is where the series gets really interesting I don't agree with that, but that's the <laughs> point of view that people have. Uh, and Sonic Two, I think, has become sort of like the, the you know, almost like the also ran of the of the the classic series. And I'm wondering if we think, first of all, that that's true, that that observation is true, that that's the that's sort of what has become the notion of Sonic Two, or just how you feel about that. Yeah, I find it interesting that you have the perception. Is that do other people see that as well? Because like my perception of it, and I, I'm not somebody that keeps my ear super close to the ground of like the community um, opinion on these things. But I always thought that it was kind of like a toss up between Sonic Two and then Sonic Three and Knuckles as people's favorites of the classic games. Well, my like as far as Sonic, like you know, we've sort of talked about our personal like what it means to us personally. But like historically, I've always sort of seen Sonic Two, like you said, as as that one like. Among fans, it always, like, you know, diehard Sonic fans, it always seemed like the favorite 
was like Sonic CD or Sonic three and knuckles. And that was all that like historically, like, you know, talking like 10, 15 years ago, that was, that tended to be the debate I saw, but Sonic two was always like held up as like the peak of the series. Like you said, among like more casual fans among the mainstream. And I think that comes down to like sort of two major factors. One of those being the context of its original release and the other one being just sort of how directly accessible it is. So, I mean, we, if you want to, we could, we could kind of like go like dive a little deeper on those. Um, yeah, we, you were talking about accessibility. I mean, like for, for us, especially over here, for us a lot, uh, Sonic 2 was like the pack-in game. Uh, mm-hmm. And so everybody had it, like, even if you didn't give a shit about Sonic. And at the time, you just played whatever was on the Mega Drive. It was just the game that was out, the big new game that was out, like how everyone's fucking playing Elden Ring right now. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so am I, and it, it's amazing. But that's another episode. Um, so <laughs> everyone everyone had Sonic 2, you know, and all of, and again, anecdotal stuff, but like all of my friends, my girlfriend, every, every mo- everyone I know who had a Mega Drive, I would say, uh, had Sonic 2. They probably didn't even have Sonic 1. They most of them haven't even played Sonic fucking three on knuckles or anything else literally at all. So now you're like, Oh yeah. You know, the movie's coming out or force Sonic forces sucked, huh? And they're like, they're still fucking making those. What the hell are you talking about? For them, (laughs) Sonic began and ended at Sonic two, you know, it was everybody's game. Well, that like Sonic two, that's what I mean about context. Sonic two came out, I would say at the kind of the absolute peak of Sega being like, the most successful company in the industry like th- oh, yeah, this 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 was like this was sort of before sony it was way before sony came in but it was also before nintendo really started making like their comeback with the super nintendo and the uh, over here we had the whole play it loud campaign and nintendo kind of started fighting back a little bit more but like and just as importantly this like it came out well before like all eyes started turning to like 3d and the next generation consoles which yeah, i think right. is sort of what um what impacted Sonic three a lot, because, you know, by that point, a lot of the, a lot of the magazines were just like, I mean, this is good, but you know, it's another 2d platformer. And how many of those have we had at this point? So Sonic, like that's sort of what I mean by context of, uh, of its original release. Okay. Um, yeah. By the time of Sonic three and knuckles, it's starting to get towards like Donkey Kong country is like becoming mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the hot new thing. Yeah. 3d modeled graphics. Right. Um, I, so something that both um, Grant and uh, our guest, Josh, mentioned now hmm. is that Santu is maybe the most popular pick for casual or mainstream fans. I I just wanted to point out that I think that that's going to actually offend some of the members of our community. But also <laughs> I want I was curious, do y'all agree with that? Like cuz I think Sonic 2 is a perfectly valid pick as somebody's favorite, right? And I'm a little surprised to hear that it has this perception of being the casual fans pick as their favorite. Oh, look, I'm not I'm not saying anything bad about it. I agree. If this is your favorite Sonic game, more power to you. I think it's a fantastic mm-hmm. game. But I just I'm just saying that my perception has always been, you know, big big time diehard Sonic fans tend to go for CD or 3 and or 3 and K. Okay. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying too. It's it's like I'm noticing that on message boards. I'm noticing it even in the the Discord. It, you know, there was a chat about it a little bit last night of like where are uh people, you know, how do you rank the classic ones? And I think uh two is like almost seen as maybe the obvious choice or maybe it's not maybe maybe it generally is you know a, a consensus sort of toss up between sonic three knuckles and sonic two but yeah i just maybe it's also you know like josh said we had the conversation with alex yard where he was uh you know presenting a pretty persuasive case that sonic one was the superior game yeah and i think and i think that's totally valid too like i think there's good arguments to be made for all of them 
I think he might yeah. have been right. That's the thing. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> I have to argue against you, dude. I'm on the other side. But like, I think Sonic One is a it's a beautiful game, and I think it's a perfect game. It does it does exactly what it needs to do. But like you say, in that context of platformers, it wasn't doing enough differently. I don't think. I mean, it it did it, it stood out obviously because the the legacy is lasting. Clearly, here we are anticipating the release of the second major Hollywood blockbuster, thirty more or more years after the first game ever came out. It's crazy mm-hmm. that it lasted this long. But um, but Sonic Two yeah, was where it just it really really pushed it all. And there's so many uh identifying things about the series were were you know created in in that second game that we will mm. get into shortly but so um, yeah, yeah i, I want to hear everybody's ratings here i think grant was driving at this a little bit earlier so for me i can confidently say that sonic 2 is definitely one of the top five 2d sonic games <laughs> but, <laughs> um, i think for me personally if we're including mania i don't know if we want to include mania or not actually i'm gonna um, say i think I'm, it's its own yeah, uh, yeah, it's its own category. I'm I not think... going to include Mania. So if we're talking about the Genesis classic Sonic games, uh, I would put two probably in second place after three and Knuckles, which is one game. Um, <laughs> as my number one. I think if we do include Mania, we'll piss off Suitcase and Sammy Beanie, so I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, yeah. <laughs> Come and get me, fellas. Um, no, it's fine. No, I, I, no, I agree. Yeah, it's like, um, it's like Fred was saying when we were chatting about it. It's like, it's like rating a, a greatest hits album. It's just, it's, yeah, of course it's good. It's supposed to be good. It's all the good bits, supposedly. But um, no, for me anyway. Um, yeah, Mania is like a separate thing. It's probably my most played one, apart from Sonic Two, um, because it's just, it's the, it's everything. It's, it's pick up and play. It's this the two player part of it. I played a, sh- I had like a bit of a Sonic Two, uh, you know, renaissance in. Um, in uh, university where uh, I just, yeah, we'd fire it up. All my mates would come into my room and we just, well, we'd get mashed up, man. That's what, what would happen. Would you, say it we'd, was, we'd would you say it was Sonic 2 University? I would not have said that then. Maybe now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with in, with the comfort of, of time having passed <clears throat> yeah i can i can go ahead and say that that's fine um yeah so we, we smashed it all the time man two player um it was great pick up and play and you know even though like sonic 3 had the two player um it just didn't it didn't hit the same way and um and a lot of it though again was just like my mates would come in and go oh yeah have you got sonic 2 you know that was the one they wanted they that's the one they know you know well i think it's pretty i would say it's pretty unarguable that sonic 2 has the best like multiplayer mode of the genesis games i mean sonic 3 is really the only other option so yeah yeah Yeah, it's just yeah i don't know sonic 3 does make tails quite a bit more useful in being able to carry you around and i think my my younger brother and i probably got way more mileage out of two player out of sonic 3 and sonic 3 and knuckles uh, which are two separate experiences. You're talking about like co-op instead of the competitive modes, right? Yeah, I was talking about this, like the split screen modes. Oh, the versus. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I you're saying Sonic Two versus mode better than Sonic Three versus mode? I mean, I think yeah, I have to agree with that. You're going through whole zones. It's got like the competitive, yeah, the um, surprise boxes and stuff like that. Some good yeah, stuff. because it's it's like the. I mean, I love like the the music in Sonic Three's competition mode and and like oh. the unique level aesthetics, but like they're not full levels. You know, they're they're these little these little racetracks yep and and it's still cool but it's not as cool as like just having like a full level to race through yeah that's true but sonic 3 you can play as knuckles you couldn't (laughs) play as knuckles yet there was no sonic and knuckles because that was a separate game that came out later oh if only knuckles and sonic 2 had had that Mm. right yeah oh shit 
Yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't it? What the fuck? You had to wait till Mania for that. Yeah, yeah you really did. Yeah. I think for the longest time I held Sonic 2 as very clearly my favorite of the originals and now i'm less sure and kind of go flip-flop on it they're they're so they're they're obviously very unique and or they're very similar games but they are each individually so unique that it seems very it's just what i'm in the mood for at that time but when i was more confident in sonic 2 as number one the reasons would be because it's felt like the the tightest package, whereas Sonic 3 and Knuckles felt maybe too long in some er- mm-hmm. aspects of it. The pacing, I thought. Sonic 2 felt like the pacing was just right. Sonic 1, like, a little shorter than you'd like. Sonic 2 is just long enough to where it felt like a full achievement when you would actually complete the game. And then, obviously, the better you got, the more reliably you could complete the game and not get stuck on the final boss or get stuck wherever you were where you were having trouble. And, and just that would keep me coming back to the game is in the same way that I always go back to like Star Fox 64. I would always go back to Sonic 2 of just like, I know this game takes like about an hour to complete, but I'm going to have a great time getting there. It's going to feel like an accomplishment once I'm done. And if somebody wants to come and pick up his tails as well, then great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that sort of ties into like the what, what I was saying earlier about accessibility, which is what I mean by that is like. To sort of give an example, if I was going to recommend any classic Sonic game to somebody who had never played one before or who had never played the series before, then, you know, taking if I didn't have if I wasn't like taking their specific tastes into account, say they only like 3D games. But if I was going to recommend any of them, um, it would be Mania now. But before that, it would have been it would have always been Sonic 2. I think like I've had friends who, you know, they, they like Sonic. They're they're they don't consider themselves like diehard fans or anything, but they, but they like the series just fine. Love Sonic, love Sonic two or something, but then they go and play Sonic three. And like, it's not just the length of the game. It's like the length of the and complexity of the stages. And I think that's sort of the difference between, I think that's why you see, like, like I said, diehard longtime fans who know this series inside and out often have so many, so much good to say about Sonic three, because like it does reward that kind of investment. And if you know it, like the, the, all the different paths and all the different locations and just the, the, like the depth of that game will be obvious to you. But if you don't and you, and, and like, you're not that familiar with it, like, I mean, he would just like regularly like time over like get time overs in, in the zones and get really frustrated with them because of how confusing they were. Whereas I think with Sonic two, and I think the reason that it did, that it did tend to have that reputation of being like, you know, Sonic two is the peak of the series from like more casual fans is because like, it's like immediately impressive and it's immediately like accessible. And like, it strikes a very nice balance. I think between like speedy levels, like chemical plant and more like platformy ones like hilltop zone. And once you get through that section in Chemical Plant with the rising water, like you're not likely to hit like another wall until like Oil Ocean or Metropolis. So, yeah. So yeah, I, th- I think that's I think that's sort of why Sonic Two like endures the way it does. Yeah, I think out of all of them, like Sonic Two is the most Sonic Sonic game. Like it became the template for the series going yeah. forward, or at least template. as far as the. That's the word I was looking for. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like 10 minutes ago. Well, yeah. as, as far as the 2D games go, at least, like Sonic 2 yeah. was the template. So I think that's why, to the normies, to the casual fans, <laughs> the, <laughs> you know, just, but, you know, just your man on the street, 
You know, you mm-hmm. walk up to a man on the street, you say, Oh, mate, remember Mega Drive? And he's like, Yeah, yeah I had a Mega Drive. And you say, What was your favorite Sonic? <laughs> It'd be like, Oh, Sonic 2, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you'd say, Cool, thanks. I'm going to talk about it on my podcast. <laughs> like Sonic <laughs> Sonic 2, I looked it up and it sold over 7 million copies. And like no Jesus. other Sonic game since then has come close to that. Mm. Yeah, isn't it like the best selling in the series or something like that? Sonic One is the best selling in the series. It has, if that's like including pack-ins or whatever. Yeah, the sixteen bit version of that has, I think, twenty twenty two million. I believe. Oh my gosh! So I think that's part of the like big divide. Um, See, so it, it was a big hit. It sold a lot, and for the people who played it, yeah, it was the most Sonicy Sonic, and you know that's what people want. They like okay, which which is the definitive Sonic. Yeah, it's Sonic 2. But for the hardcore fans, they're playing all the Sonics. They're yeah. like playing all these Sonics and like they, they they're getting their Sonic fix. So they want then they end up wanting Sonic with a bit of a twist. And Sonic 3 and Knuckles, the twist is well now these levels are really big and complex and you've got these extra shields and then you've got Knuckles, he can climb and glide and do all this other stuff. Um, Sonic CD's twist is that you've got the time travel stuff, you've got this really unique funky soundtrack, you've got the animations, you've got Metal Sonic in it, Um, like Sonic CD is a really interesting one, you can either just like zip through it or you can take a more exploration-based path, like going into the past, trying to find all the machines. And Sonic 1, I mean, usually, usually it's the first installment in the series is often the definitive one, but then other times it's like, oh, the first installment has like some weirdness that you didn't see in later installments. And I think that's Mm. true with Sonic, um, where you would have levels like Labyrinth Zone and you just didn't see levels like that going forward um like even hydra city in sonic 3 that's sort of a labyrinth zone do-over but it's much speedier much faster like completely different approach taken um yeah so they've all they're all the sonic games with the different flavors whereas sonic 2 is just the sonic the template sonic yeah so uh, what is everyone's favorite zone from this game sonic 2 i think mine we were just talking about the chemical plant zone you know i think is the standout iconic uh level from this game like green hill zone is from sonic 1 and it's definitely one of my favorites probably my favorite song um from the soundtrack but maybe i might have to go with casino night zone just from the experience of you know seeing it for the first time just like very colorful uh yet like dark and bright at the same time and the pinballs were a lot of fun and just like i remember you know playing that at my friend's house and then also with my brother and just having like so much fun in that level uh my answer is casino night zone as well i just like you said i love the i love the visuals i love the music i love the it, it's such a nice um it's like a, a good example of how good the game's pacing is because you know after the end of chemical plant was so difficult and then aquatic ruin was this was this water level that you know is, is always traditionally pretty tough and then you get to casino night and it's just this beautiful stage with like only one type of badnik so <laughs> yeah it's just a good i mean i love it so much like i made it like part of my youtube graphics so yeah uh, i think it's a solid choice man i mean i, I would i would 
kind of ah oh, sound like everyone else now. I do want to go for Chemical Plant Zone as well. Maybe it might have slipped into second place because it's just been so overused in recent memory. It's like he's popping up in other games and stuff. Um, but I just I love still what it represents, which is we were talking about like the pacing and uh, and the fact of having it like in Zone Two, like just having it slammed straight in your face right after the Green Hill Zone of this game. Um, and I like what it represents, like sort of thematically as well, because the, the whole game is faster. Then it's not just the gameplay that is faster, but the actual level pacing. You know, in Sonic One, you, you're going through the whole game, and then you get to Scrap Brain Zone, and you go, "Oh shit, yeah." I mean, you know, if I give Eggman a couple of years, he might do this to Green Hills. You know, he'll he'll get here eventually. I better stop him. He'll make I'll it all around. sandy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> more like sand hills uh yeah so you can really fuck things up in a bit but i'm in no hurry um sonic 2 is just like oh are you enjoying a nice stroll on the beach bam fuck you pollution so you know it's <laughs> it's right there um and it just yeah it just just ramps up the uh the excitement you know it creates like a, that sense of danger uh that this is what's gonna happen i feel like after um maybe mystic cave zone you know, I don't really like any of the zones in the game that much. Oh, yikes. Like Metropolis Oil Oceans. Okay. Tracks, uh, Metropolis yeah. is way too long, yeah. And then Sky yeah. Chase is not really a real zone. And then Wing Fortress is okay, too, I guess. I, I, I do like Wing Fortress. I was, I was just going to bring that up, that I just love the sort of cinematic feel to it. That it, it isn't something I'd seen in... Okay, fine. We'd probably seen that in Mario 3. But I hadn't seen it in a Sonic game yet well there's only two of them anyway look it's, <laughs> i like it the music's good sharp um no I, I mystic cave for me actually is gonna if i'm gonna slide back in there and uh, give my real number one it's gonna be mystic cave man it's just cool and weird and creepy and the music's Very good, good song too yeah yeah the problem is fellas is that firstly nearly all of these zones are, are great and uh the second problem is is that all of the music bar none is fantastic so i'm always just like what's my favorite level what's the one with the best music answer all of them, all of so them. I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah. whichever one you're looking at right now yeah exactly dude so yeah um i i love my boy do you know what? i like hilltop zone i know it's not the popular vote but i like that one too i actually like the cute. song for it too even yeah. though that one gets hated on a lot it's just really people hate on fun. it the song i feel like yeah oh really? fuck those people yeah, that's fucked up, man. I okay. Yeah, I thought I've seen a lot of um, just like general dislike for it. Somebody, somebody brought something up. Like somebody earlier used the word "vibrant" to describe like the graphics, and I think, especially compared to Sonic One, that's a really, really, um, mm. that's a really, a really big like point in Sonic 2's favor is just like how much more, how much, yeah, how much more vibrant the colors are, how much like how much the level designs pop. Like I was just thinking about Mystic Cave and like. The, the way it like contrasts purple and green so well to make, like make things stand out while still like it's very colorful and but but it still manages to like evoke a darker atmosphere yeah yeah i think especially if you compare chemical plant zone to scrap brain zone um mm-hmm. especially scrap brain zone act two when you're indoors and it's all very gray 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 metallic um mm-hmm. whereas chemical plant zone you've got these like big tubes and platforms with the blue chemical in you've got the purple water everywhere you've got this like red and green background this like cityscape background it's yeah it's just cool it's um but it doesn't feel less grimy and oppressive for it 
yeah, like you like you can pause Sonic Two in so many places and just like it doesn't feel like it should be possible that there are only a maximum of sixty four colors on screen. Yeah, these are a lot of like you noted there, like the contrasting colors and just like mm-hmm. like say so everything just kind of really yeah. If you go to oh, a factory level where it's going to be gray with you know caution stripes up it, yeah, boring. Um, you go to Metropolis Zone and it's like you know, green panels or bluey green panels, bright red lava, you know, like gold kind of copper piping and stuff. It was just everything was just like, bam, like really, really in your face. And it was nice. Uh, whereas a Sonic 1, it, yeah, it was, it had the fucking vaporwave ass, like pastel colors, like, you know, purple sunsets and shit, which I love, dude. I'm all about it. But yeah, this one definitely just like went harder on the eyes, man. But like, wait, no, mm-hmm. wait, no, it went harder and it was good. Because hard on the eyes is a bad thing, isn't it? Yeah. But when things go hard, this is what the kids are saying. I'm, you know what? I'm not getting it right. Sonic One is that mid. slaps. Uh, and Sonic Two is based. Do we think Sonic Two is lit though? That's that's what I want to know. Yeah. Do, yes. <laughs> People say lit, right? No. Still. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, as for youth correspondents, um, yes, <laughs> they say How lit. The fuck? Dude, you're older than me. It's on fleek. Oh, here we go. Oh, boy. He's doing <laughs> it. YOLO. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know if it's my favorite zone, but I've got a real, real fondness for Aquatic Ruin Zone. Hmm. Yeah. Nice one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm, like, biased towards the blue sky kind of zones. So, um, Aquatic Ruin is one of them. And it just feels like hey, we're doing things different from Sonic 1 because it's like, it's kind of their marble zone in that it's all old ruins and you've got like these sort of like little, bumpy, slopey, wibbly-wobbly landscapes. Um, But then the bottom half, it's the water level. It's the labyrinth zone. Mm. And I think it's just a completely different approach to that concept the fact that it really is this top half bottom half divide whereas Lab- labyrinth mm-hmm. zone you're sort of guided through it it's like okay you've got your above water bits and your underwater bits but you're going to go through the whole thing whereas aquatic ruin zone it's like you've got the choice it's like do you want to yeah. explore underwater do you want to go above above the trees and everything and oops if you if you fuck up then you're down in the water <laughs> It's like it's a little bit more of a traditional platforming level where, you know, like platform platforming itself is emphasized, but it doesn't like mitigate what people like like about Sonic or what's unique about Sonic the way that I think it can be argued that Labyrinth Zone and and some of the other level design like choices in Sonic 1 kind of do. Um, in particular, like water itself is used as, is used as like a, a game mechanic that like totally negates uh, Sonic superpower. Mm. And like I think that's I think Sonic One did that with intention, but like yeah, combining like comparing the way that like Sonic One handles its handles its like underwater sections with like the crisscrossy platforming and like the uh, putting the time pressure on you with the the time limit before you have to have an get an air bubble, like versus the way that Sonic Two does it, where it's it's a little bit more straightforward and direct, and even underwater you can still get you can you still have places where you can get up to speed. Yeah, I think that really shows like sort of the difference in design philosophy between Sonic 1 and 2. And also perhaps just like how much more confident in this design the team was by this point. 
Yeah, it definitely feels like some of those things like the aquatic ruin um, zone design that uh, Lee was talking about, which yeah, I appreciate as well, because you can kind of like skip over the underwater stuff if you have the skill to do so. Uh, mm-hmm. Feels like it was a response to feedback that they got from Sonic 1 and maybe things about like complaints with about Labyrinth Zone being too difficult or other things like that, potentially. Yeah, it felt like they were giving they were giving people more of their favorite things. And um, mm-hmm. like it's pretty interesting how... So originally, Labyrinth Zone was going to be the second zone of Sonic 1, but they reordered it, made it like the fourth because it was too difficult. Whereas in Sonic 2, we've got water sections in the second and third zones, Chemical Plant and Aquatic Ruin. But they're just like a bit more of a punishment um, rather than a a mandatory thing you have to go through and the entirety of the level. Yeah, they're they're used for like their sections of them, but they're always interspersed with, you know, like the high path and aquatic ruin are used as more as an of an obstacle in chemical plant. And I think like this sort of thing would continue like absolutely through Hydro City, which is just sort of sort of the 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 peak realization of how to marry like Sonic's game mechanics um with water as an obstacle and, and make and make it a really, really fun level. Okay, so that's some good chatter about uh, our favorite zones from the game. Obviously, another the the big you know one of the main additions to the game, aside from Sonic's new move, the Spin Dash, is his new little buddy Miles Tails Prower, uh, courtesy of uh, a new artist uh, as well. That is not Naoto Oshima. Yes, Yasushi Yamaguchi, aka Jody Totoya, not Toyota. Oh, my notes say Toyota. <laughs> I always read it as Toyota every time I like saw the credits, and it took me years and years to realize, oh shit, that doesn't actually say Toyota at all. <laughs> and and uh, then, Yamaguchi was a was an artist on Sonic CD, right? Because there's that whole like hidden artwork game. snuck in there. Yeah, yeah. I think he worked on. I think he worked on the special stages for Sonic CD. So, um, yeah, interesting figure himself. He's the only person who worked on both Sonic CD and Sonic 2. Um, Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, the two, you know, Naka and, um, like, much of the Sonic 1 team went on to Sonic 2, and then Oshima and some new crew went on to Sonic CD. So, um, yeah, it's, it's... He's unique in that in that respect. Um, he was also sort of around for Sonic One, kind of um, when they were getting character ideas from everyone. He suggested a head a hedgehog. Oh, you're kidding yeah. me! Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was a promotional VHS video for Sonic Three. So um, for the young kids out there. VHS. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like a rectangular DVD um, for the younger kids out DVDs. there. A DVD, yeah. yeah, a DVD. It's like a shitty Blu-ray for the younger younger kids out there. <laughs> Blu-ray. It's 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 like a YouTube. It's like a flat TikTok, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> flat. <laughs> but it's an hour long. Imagine that. Where was it? Where was I going with this? Yes, yeah, so this. V- <laughs> I fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so the, this this vhs this vhs for sonic 3 had like oh yeah the making of sonic and there were like oh yeah they had all these different ideas from different guys and according to that story they both hit upon the hedgehog idea at the same time 
and mm-hmm. Yamaguchi's Hedgehog was more like a little sort of 80s anime boy, but with like... I've like, seen that. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the one yeah. with the sort of like hedgehog spines, but like actual right. hedgehog, like an actual hedgehog quill. Dude, I can totally see that now. I've, you know, the Tails artwork and the, the facial design and everything, the design of the character, I can completely see that now. Yeah, and um, I believe in a different interview, though, we get a slightly different version. I think... It might have been an interview with Ilshima where he said, oh yeah, um, Yamaguchi came up with a hedgehog idea and then I sort of combined that with a character I had, um, which I'm assuming is maybe the Blue Rabbit character. So he's like, okay, mm-hmm. do that, make him a hedgehog and then you've got Sonic. So yeah, he, he, was, he was important to Sonic from the beginning. Well, as far as Tails himself goes, like, what really comes to mind for me, because, like, Tails is such an incredibly, like, well-established part of the series at this point that it's very easy to take him. I I think it's, like, especially for me, like like I said earlier, this was literally my first video game. So, like, and uh, even before that, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, like, established the Sonic-Tails dynamic for me. But it's kind of, like, it's interesting that... I, th- I think the natural re- the natural thing to do when you're going to say like, okay, we're going to have a multiplayer mode this time, and so we need a second character to represent that. The natural thing to do would be to make some to make a character I think that looked more like Sonic or that sort of built off of his design yeah. tropes, um, sort of very much the same way that, Mar- that Mario and Luigi do. Um, but what they went with instead was a was a was like sort of in the complete opposite direction, a character that contrasts Sonic. I agree. I think that's absolutely yeah. because it was the second game. Um, I feel like if it was the first game, you would have had that 80s tradition of, mm-hmm. yeah, you've got your Mario, Luigi, your Bob and Bob, your Ken and Ryu. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I feel like if we had that proper two player in Sonic 1, we'd maybe get a red Sonic, um, or at best, we'd get a Mighty the Armadillo. Sure. You know, we'd get would get another cool dude and he's an animal who rolls up into a ball. Yeah. And that's pretty much what Knuckles would be. I mean he's 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 cool like yeah. Sonic, he's cool in a different way. Right, and he's like an echidna, that's kind of like a hedgehog. Um but yeah, so it's an Australian hedgehog, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um whereas with Tails, they I thought it, yeah, it was cool that they didn't go for that. They didn't go for oh yeah, this is like Sonic's like friend and his equal or whatever they mm-hmm. went for a robin to his batman yeah yeah pretty much so there's like law yeah. imp- uh, Im- implications isn't it they're not just going like this is player two they're going this is a character that has a reason for being here and it's nice mm-hmm. it's, yeah it, it strikes me as inspired it's definitely unusual which i think makes it yeah. very striking because it's exactly what you say it's not what you'd expect from a second player and it does so much to like imply that there's this very interesting Sonic world yeah. that is potentially there that maybe the cartoons didn't fully capitalize on, or it would take many more games to like continue to like add to that supporting cast. But it's, it's not just another hedgehog. It's not a recolor. Um, it's, uh, it's just, it's an odd choice to go with the two tailed Fox to go with the Kitsune. And maybe that too is just because it's the sequel. Cause it's Sonic two, but it's just very, <laughs> visually striking it's it it catches you off guard a little bit and you and then it just makes about as much sense as robin makes to batman which is <laughs> it's not a smaller version of batman it's a brightly colored other design and 
Tails is kind of, yeah, it works in a complimentary way, but it's very unusual. Yeah, compl- I mean, complimentary, like, just in terms of colorization, either even between, yeah. like, blue and orange. Yes. I was mm-hmm. just about to say, isn't that mm-hmm. nice? Um, because mm-hmm. usually yeah. you play your two color, you'd get, you'd have your red and your blue, or your red and your green. Like, blue and orange, they're not your video game play one, player two colors, but they look lovely together. You've got that mm-hmm. classic complimentary color. Yeah, you can thank the color wheel for that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Thanks, color wheel. The idea of a flying fox always just like seemed just so bizarre to me. Also, is that was that like a trope in in Japanese no. media? Maybe of a flying fox. I, obviously, kitsunes are more well known, uh, but a flying fox was a new idea to me. It's a pun, though, isn't it, Lee? It's a pun about flying. No, dude, a flying fox is a real creature. Oh, yeah, a, fly- a flying fox is like a bat. It's like a big, scary bat. Big fucking hairy boy. Yeah. Um, yeah, ever like... Supposed to a small a, hairy boy. Like, no, to our, to our listeners out there, please Google a flying fox. They're, they're, they're amazing. Cute. They're lovely. They're like, yeah. They're, they're like the size... They're like, like little dog faces. They're like the, like. Yeah, they're like the size of a nine-year-old. But they don't don't fly by doing a helicoptery tail thing. No, unfortunately. We tried it. (laughs) No. Got kicked out of the zoo for it. I don't don't think that was what Tails was supposed to be. Um, So it was actually credit to former guest Michael. Um, He posted in the Discord a few months ago a panel from Dragon Ball. And I think it was like Goku as a kid. And he's got like a propeller kind of thing going, going like on his butt for some reason. Uh, I don't yeah, know the yeah, context he... of it. His his species has tails, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he does have the tail. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember whether it was his tail doing that or an actual propeller. Yeah, it was. It was, or... it was his tail. It was his tail. Uh, Dragon Ball is is based on Journey to the West. Which is a story, uh, I think it's an, like an ancient Chinese story, I believe, about like a, right. a monkey, a boy with a monkey tail, or the monkey sometimes king. The just monkey a, king. A, a, the monkey yeah. king. Actually, Monkey Khan from the Archie comics is also based on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Horrendously. But yeah, given <laughs> given how much of Dragon Ball is, uh, is found in Sonic 2 in particular, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. Speaking of that, go go for it. The whole no, I was going to say that essentially the whole thing is just based off of it, and then they got to Sonic Three, and then they were like, "Yeah, we'll throw some fucking Studio Ghibli in there just for good measure." <laughs> Speaking of the Dragon Ball influences, I mean, uh, maybe we should talk about Super Sonic and the fact that the Chaos Emeralds now more closely resemble the Dragon Balls. They're given a, a more direct purpose. The special stages are completely different in Sonic Two, yeah. and that's to say nothing of the other influences it's bringing in from Star Wars, uh, which was not quite as parodied at the time. So the death egg was uh, a pretty novel way to, although you don't really, you don't see the death egg properly in the game. Do you You see it maybe in the sound test? Yeah. The level select. Yeah. in the level select. Yeah. And um, yeah. So supersonic as a parody of the super Saiyan from dragon ball, like that was a fresh parody. Like the super Saiyan didn't come into dragon ball until 1991. Just a mm. uh, just a couple of months before Sonic One released, mm. and uh, yeah, I believe like Yuji Naka said he was a Dragon Ball fan, and I imagine most of them were like fans of manga and anime and these like popular like cool 
action yeah. characters. So why wouldn't I'm you? Sure be? They, yeah, I'm yeah. sure they're all all reading it, all watching it, and fresh, fresh off the press. That was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that Sonic was... is the result of J Media influence. That was <laughs> pop culture. Like that was, that was popular pop culture. That was right there on there. We're on the forefront of that, weren't they? It was like um, that was like one of those movie movies that they made for ages. Well, you know, a date movie and epic movie and. <laughs> Just, and it's you know, kind of it's kind of funny in, in like how we outside of Japan experienced it because, um, like I was just looking up this the other day, which is why it's fresh on my like like on the top of my head. But like the Super Saiyan transformation in Dragon Ball Z wouldn't debut in the English dub of like over here basically until like the end of 1999, like about a month after the Dreamcast came out, even. Yeah. So like. <laughs> Like this was making this bit that's reference that would have been like loudly, loudly obvious and and relevant mm. uh, to the Japanese audience. But you know, to me, it was just like, oh well, this is what the Chaos Emeralds do. Oh mate, right. they so, copied Sonic Adventure One. Yeah, yeah no, I've heard. <laughs> like I've heard people like make like make that claim that like Dragon Ball had ripped off Sonic, and I'm like, no, nah, it's the other way around. Actually, that is mad. Honestly, when I saw, because I remember seeing dbz for the first time when i was about 12 and i was just like hang on a minute fellas like i'm picking up the phone i'm making calls i'm like <laughs> someone needs to fucking have, you know straighten this thing out yeah it blew my fucking mind i had no idea yeah um yeah so there's quite a few other parodies and pop culture references in sonic 2 so we've got the death egg from star wars obviously sure. um the ship that eggman sort of flies off to the death egg at the end of wing fortress zone it sort of looks like an X-Wing from the side. It does, yeah. And, yeah, yeah I'm pretty that sure that's what it was intended to be. Um, in Sky Chase Zone, the, you've got the Turtleoids, the ship part of the Turtleoids with its little legs and its jets. Looks like Gamera when Gamera's flying. Oh. The old um, the Japanese mm-hmm. kaiju. Oh, Godzilla or something? Hmm. Um, yeah, is that a Godzilla monster or is it its own separate thing? I think it might be a separate thing. I'm sure they must have crossed over at some point. But they fought at some point, I imagine. Yeah. You, know. you fucked up if they didn't cross it over. Come on, man. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch uh, Star Wars until later. So similar to Dragon Ball, I think mm. my first exposure to like the Death Star and the X-Wing were from Sonic things. So then seeing Star <laughs> yeah, Wars. Same here, like, same here. Yeah, yeah. They're, doing the, they're doing the Sonic stuff. I, mean, <laughs> I, I think it's because of my age. Because like, you know, I was six years old in 1994 so like i didn't really have a whole lot of like media experience of anything from before that um and this was sort of the the between period of like star wars being this like cultural touchstone of the late 70s and the 80s versus you know when it would come back sort of come back with the special editions in the late 90s and then of course the prequel trilogy so like (laughs) as a kid like star wars was just sort of out of the conversation for me Sure. So I, you know, I, I saw the Death Egg in Sonic Three and was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" And then I saw the Death Star in Star Wars. I'm like, "Hey, wait a minute." <laughs> yeah, I feel like the Death Star reference thing is probably going to be lost on most young people today, right? Because like, even uh, Star Wars is still around, but the Death Egg, uh, excuse me, the Death Star doesn't um, appear in anything past the original trilogy, I guess. The Death Egg is cooler. It's cooler to yes. have your face on it. Yes. It's yes. way cooler to have, to build a gigantic mustache on a Death Ship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great, great, great so choice. the point I was getting at there is that it's going to be funny now if the Sonic 2 movie reintroduces the Death Egg. And so that'll be like the kids' <laughs> cultural context for it now. <laughs> so something that is in the Sonic 2 movie that we've seen in 
some of the more recent commercials. So, <gasps> spoilers! Wait, I'm just saying. So, spoilers for anyone who's not seen the most recent TV commercials. You know, skip ahead a few minutes. Um, but we do have the Death Egg robot, the end boss, and um, yeah, the, de- oh, the, the Death Egg, the one that walks on its two legs. Mm. Yeah, or at least it looks to be inspired yeah. by that. Um, but the Death Egg robot was a ripoff of the Scope Dog from Armored <gasps> Trooper Votoms. Yeah, is, I have no yeah, idea what no. any of that is. It's a, <laughs> so it's a it's an anime series from 1983. It's sort of like a Gundam type, you know. It's a mecha anime, um, but yeah, the the scope dog, like the main the main one in this series, is he's just like a death egg robot without a mustache and is like Dang. sort of green. Do they have an original idea in this game? <laughs> Well, so before you fight him, you fight Mecha Sonic, who is like, okay, that's just Sonic as a robot. But then if sure. you look at the concept art, you can see they're pulling from Mecha Godzilla. And even like oh, in yeah. some other concept art, there's a few notes of like different attacks he could have. And it's like, oh, he could like fire missiles from his fingers and stuff like that. That's Mecha Godzilla. Um, oh. In the art, he's got like oh, a little yeah. like. MS on his shoulder in the exact same style as the MG on Mechagodzilla. So, yeah, the entire thing is like, oh, you're in the Star Wars thing, then you fight the Mechagodzilla, then you fight the Scope Dog, and then in the ending, Sonic goes Super Saiyan. And and this is all so cool because, like, this was a time when video game, like, the video game industry was, like, so relatively new and also, like, just so dominated by, like, like, I'm pretty sure if I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure everyone on the Sonic 2 development team was like younger than than any of us are now. Oh, God. like when oh, they were sure. making the game. <laughs> so it's just like video. The, the industry was so young that like it could just blatantly wear its influences on its sleeves like this. Yeah, wasn't there like a Shinobi game that just had like Spider-Man and Batman in it or something without yes. like getting the licenses? <laughs> Probably. Revenge of Shinobi. Um, so we did actually have the license to Spider-Man at the time because that was when they released the Spider-Man game. So Spider-Man was above board, but there's like five or six or whatever different revisions of that ROM where they're like, okay, guys, get rid of Godzilla. Okay, guys, get rid of Batman. Okay, guys, the Spider-Man license has expired. Make him like pink or whatever. Um, okay, guys change the title screen, get rid of that real-life martial artist. Like, th- things like that could kind of be cute references that would sort of fly under the radar because gaming wasn't... hadn't, like, broken through to, like, mainstream consciousness yet. Yeah, it was still a little bit counterculture. I mean, these things were mm-hmm. selling in the millions, but it was like people sure. weren't taking them seriously just yet. Mm-hmm. And I would say the Death Egg Robot, to, to go back to that, it is probably the most iconic Robotnik like boss to me uh even as a kid you know without any like familiarity whatsoever with like you know Japanese pop culture like the idea that after all his tricks and all is all is all these different machines he's thrown at us that his final like the finale would be just he, he made a, gi- a giant robot like you know, to me, what I associated it with was like Power Rangers and the Megazord, and he just he made a Megazord of himself, basically, and that felt so <laughs> appropriate. And you know, then it recurs; it comes back in uh, as a last ditch measure in Sonic 3's Doomsday Zone. Yeah, they're like they're the two logical extremes to this idea of you've got this mad scientist and he makes all these quirky robots of different things. The two logical extremes are he makes a robot version 
of his nemesis Sonic. And mm-hmm. the other logical extreme is he makes a robot version of himself, but it's like a big like Gundam, like Votoms, like Mecha. And um, Sonic 2 did both of them. And yeah. after that, after that, it's been a bit like, oh, where do we go from here? You know, Sonic 3 and Knuckles were like, what about an even bigger Eggman robot? And <laughs> all the Sonic Advance Lame. games, yeah, they were doing like all, yeah. they, they all had their own version of like the giant Eggman robot. Then Knuckles Chaotix Metal Sonic becomes big. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> So again, a trendsetter, isn't it, Sonic 2? Bit of a yeah. trendsetter. Uh, and the only thing missing from the uh, the ending, which is which is spectacular as well, and uh, it's supersonic. You know, you want to you want to be supersonic when you, when you fight the the guy. Like, it's easy, I suppose. It makes it easier. It would take some of the spectacle out of it. But that's the only thing that really gutted me is then going back to it from playing Sonic Three and Knuckles. Is I wanted I want the big doomsday fight with supersonic. I want the big showdown kind of thing. You know. It's a very challenging boss fight too. I mean, it, it's it's, it's not you have no you have no rings. Uh, it's the the pattern to killing him is is one that requires a lot of patience. It's a bit tedious uh, to take care of the death egg robot. It's very exciting to. I mean, this is also you know bizarre introduction to Mecha Sonic as well. The preceding boss fight where you know that's its own little challenge until you get the rhythm. Then it's quite easy. Uh, but it's uh it, it makes for a very challenging endgame yeah i would say it's the most challenging final boss in the series pretty easily just i mean you could i think you could argue that maybe the um the death egg zone uh final boss in in sonic 3 and knuckles that might be harder but you can come into that with rings yeah and the ending uh to this game is i mean maybe sonic 3 knuckles has the better ending but this this ending is very special as well the the music for one thing, oh, the music, is right? we love the that, best. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. that's unparalleled. <laughs> well, think, um, yeah, I think it might be my favorite ending in the series. It, yeah, I would say so. It's and so it's just such a great payoff to Tails. It's very emotional. Yeah. It's uh, you see Tails trailing you, struggling to keep up this whole game, and then he comes through in the best sidekick fashion to either save save you if you haven't collected all of the Chaos Emeralds, or if you have collected them all, then to fly alongside you and celebrate with all the flickies and the, all the glory. Uh, as the music crescendos, it's a very, very cool moment and very satisfying to reach that stage, to reach that screen. And like you said, I think the the music just makes that resonate so well. Like it wouldn't be the same if it was, you know, some sort of victory music playing. It was really nice to see like drawings in a video game. Like, mm-hmm, oh, these yeah. are like little, little comic panels and the ballsiness of doing this in grayscale. Like yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, it. I'm sure that wasn't necessary. I'm sure it was an artistic choice, and yeah, it's like it's like you wouldn't you wouldn't get that in in any other sort of children's platform mascot thing, and they've certainly not done it in any Sonic game since. Like, oh yeah, let's have this scene in black and white, um, but it really works. It really works. Yeah, like th- thinking about the music, I'm I'm reminded of like some of the uh, like the ending of Sonic Pocket Adventure or some of the Sonic Advance games, which sort of do this same thing, where where you know Tails catches Sonic on the on the tornado, but like without that music and without that setup, like it just it doesn't come across quite the same way. It's a cool reference, and then you know come to think of it, Sonic Three does does it too. Tails catches Sonic. Sonic Spinball yeah. for next year. Oh yeah, true. They've, they've done <laughs> like, that ending so like, many times. 
<laughs> yeah, so I, that goes back to what you said earlier about this being like sort of about this game setting so many standards for the series. Yeah, the ending itself that was um, it's an idea they kind of reused from Sonic One that they didn't get a chance to do in the first game. Um, so it's in the Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis Collected Works book. They've got some storyboards of an early version of the Sonic One ending. And that was back when Sonic still had a rock band. Um, so it was Sharps, the parrot character, who would fly across the screen and catch Sonic as, as he's falling from Eggman's base. Um, but that was just like a cool thing of like, oh no, Sonic's falling. Oh cool, his flying friend has caught him. It didn't hmm. have the emotional element that Sonic 2 has. And I think it has an emotional element because, like like I said, Tails' design is so much like the little kid's sidekick. So for him to, like, be able to... He, he's, like... He sort of saves the day in the end. Like, he's... <laughs> right. Yeah. Tails, like, proves his worth there in the ending that you are most likely to get because, we should touch on this briefly, uh, the special stages are very, very difficult. Oh, yeah. Uh, the special stages require memorization for sure to complete and they're very challenging if you're playing with sonic and tails and you've got computer tails who's just knocking into bombs the whole time the half pipe would become quite iconic to the series but i think as far as like the when we were thinking back to the beginning of the episode when we were sort of ranking the original classic genesis mega drive games these are my least favorite of the special stages how do you guys feel about them it is merciful anyway that tails can only lose his own rings it would be much worse if he could lose your rings too yeah, I think they're pretty difficult, but I, I don't know. They're, they're, I think they might be my favorite special stages just because like I thought it was such a cool concept and the idea of like kind of sliding down a big tube is a lot of fun. More fun to me than making 90 degree turns on uh, an orb trying to pick up blue balls. Yeah, it's visually the coolest one. I, I Gameplay-wise, it's like my least favorite one. I guess it gets it improved in later iterations in the Saturn version of uh, Sonic 3D Blast. Oh, Saturn 3D Blast special stages are still, like, my favorite in the whole series, I think. Yep, same. Yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah, that was the <laughs> consensus. I, I, I play through that game just to play those special stages. They're so <laughs> And it's sad because, like, they're so obscure, like, being where they are, you know? I know. I wish that they they could make, like, a version of Sonic 2 and use the 3D Blast, Saturn 3D Blast special yeah. stages in it instead, yeah. They're they're quite good in the in the Taxman and Stealth remake too because there you've got um yeah like they they're just like they're true 3D the frame rate is much higher mm -hmm. so like thing like things scale like much more realistically so I I feel like they're okay there as far as special stages go though I always like special stages were never my favorite part of any Sonic game I always sort of saw them like if you look on the back of the box like they're making like they're they they always felt like they were there to show off this extremely impressive trick that like the, the bro like the programming team could like make the genesis hardware do and you know th like people even in 92 knew that like 3d was going to be like the way of the future so like being able to show that off it's just that like gameplay wise i think that uh, like you said or like the, the half pipe especially is just I think I like them more than Sonic 1 special stages. Those those always just kind of seem pretty yeah. boring to me. 
but yeah, they're 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 not they're by no means like most of the time when I play the game, I don't I like I just never even hit the special stages, never even even think about going there. But I do think it's very very nice that like if you do go for that completionist like mindset, that there's actually like an incredibly cool payoff to it this time, um, and that it's something you can get like as early as Emerald Hill Zone. Like I had a friend who would. Like every time he played Sonic Two, he got all this, all the emeralds in Emerald Hill Zone, and then like got to play a Super Sonic through the whole game. Yeah, it's a it's a good way of like giving it a bit of a layered difficulty. Mm-hmm. Like you can just play play the game without the emeralds, or you can play the game saying, "Okay, I'm going to get all the emeralds by the end," or you can say, "I'm going to get all my emeralds at the end of the first zone." And yes. Yeah. Then when you've got Super Sonic, it sort of trivializes the game, but you, at least you can have fun blasting through everything. I don't prefer my playthroughs where I'm focused on the emeralds. I definitely yeah. prefer my playthroughs where I'm just saying, "Screw it, I'm not going to bother with them. I'm just going to enjoy these levels and not interrupt the gameplay flow." Agreed. Well, that's why I like the versions with the save files afterwards, so that you can like you know complete the game, save, go back to the stages, and find all the emeralds, and then have a complete the save file. So okay. Those are our thoughts about the game. Uh, before we get to kind of putting a, a ranking on it or a review on it, uh, we collected some of the reviews at the time when Sonic 2 came out and some recent reviews to take a look at seeing what other people are saying about the game or what has been said about Sonic 2 and see how we feel about that. So, all right. Our first Sonic the Hedgehog 2 review from around its release time comes from GamePro, which was a print magazine rest in peace back in the day. All right, here's what this review had to say. Sonic 2's gameplay mechanics are the same as Sonic 1's, with a few cool exceptions. This time around, if you can believe it, he's even faster. The graphics are actually better than the originals. The rich variety of scenery, slightly larger sprites, and extra added attitude help the Spunky Hedgehog paint video game magic. Theoretically, the Genesis isn't capable of scaling, but Sonic's bonus rounds are going to make you wonder. This perky two-tailed creature of the Fox persuasion is about the cutest companion that any Sonic fan could ask for. If there's a downside to Sonic the Hedgehog 2, it's that the game's just not tough enough. Players of all levels will be able to work their way through most of the game in relatively short order. It's easy to whiz through a zone. The challenge and the fun lies in uncovering all of the zone's hidden secrets. I feel like that's oh. kind of giving the final boss gauntlet uh, a little mm. bit of a disservice there. It's definitely not as Yeah, I don't know if they completed describing. the game. <laughs> no chance. No chance. Um, so what was the uh, final final? Yeah, so GamePro ended up giving it a 4.5 out of 5 <gasps> for sound and a perfect 5.0 for graphics, control, and fun factor. And again, for people who are not familiar with GamePro, this is the magazine that had like a little man's head, uh, a little drawing of a cartoon <laughs> man for each of the different um, number ratings. And I think 5.0 was him just like his hair blown back and he looks like really happy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's like the, opera, it's like the pain scale for excitement. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry that I'm having to describe this fucking this picture in words. Four out of five heads. <laughs> and that, that review is so interesting because I feel like the narrative, like the, the criticism, and I've talked about this in various places before, but like the criticism for Sonic over time has, has changed, his standards have changed. So like you go back to like 1992 and like, the criticism back then was, 
well, the worst thing you can say about these games is that they're is that they're super impressive, but they're but they're just too easy. Like you'll be done with it so fast. Mm. And in more contemporary times, it seems like the narrative is flipped like in completely the other direction, to where it's like like the joke I made when I first came on the show, like well, this is just too hard. Like it's too frustrating. Like, like you just, you try to run fast and then you run into things. And I think that just shows how like the perception of what a fair challenge, properly challenging video game is supposed to be has like evolved over time. All right. So I've got one here from Mean Machine Sega, which I actually used to read when I was a smaller boy. I'm now a slightly larger boy. Paul over at Mean Machine Sega says, uh, says this. Though he hasn't escaped completely unscathed from those intent on finding faults, Sega have obviously listened hard to the many criticisms made about the first game, mainly that it was too easy. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Just really, they're fucking everyone's on this, aren't they? The result is that they have produced a very jolly sequel indeed. All right, Paul. Um, a Jazz, I imagine that's a nickname. Yeah, I'm also going to imagine friends. this. I was thinking of the Transformer. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, you know, like the Scatman Colors guy. Not to win his voice. The Hedgehog 2 is pretty good, man. Uh, I'm not going to bother with all that because it's probably worse than my fucking... Anyway, shut up. (laughs) Jazz from Me Machine Sega says, Sega have bust the gut making this game as special as they could and the end result is staggering. Sonic 2 is a blinding stonker. Um, (laughs) For those of you who don't speak English, uh, it's it's really good. Um, yeah, you say this is from a UK magazine. Okay. <laughs> can you yeah, can you tell? Uh, none of the criticisms of the original apply here. Sonic 2 is faster, slicker, more colorful with a U, louder, bigger, and much much tougher than the original. There's no way even Sonic experts could call this easy. The perfectly graduated difficulty eases you into the game and once in, you're hooked. Bye-bye dinner, cheerio bedtime, so long weekend. <laughs> this is like the exact opposite of what a game pro said about difficulty. Yeah, for real. Good work. They give it a 96 out of 100, which is pretty good, isn't it? Why bother? Just give it Just give it 10 out of 10. I hate all this shit. And this I don't is miss why that I in reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? More accurate. They couldn't quite get themselves to 97. Couldn't but they it. knew it wasn't a 95. No. That would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. How could you say that about Sonic 2, says Jazz? It's a fucking gut-busting ball ache of a crazy fucking good time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Bust your gut and your balls ache? Actually, no. That ball ache does, it means the opposite, but... Oh, that's a I'm bad sat, thing. I'm sat weird. It's on my mind. Sorry. Let me just move my leg. Okay, right. Yeah. Um, 96 out of 100. Not too bad at all. We like it. Yeah. And also from the UK, Computer and Video Games said, the most graphically impressive part of the game is undoubtedly the Stun Runner type bonus stage, which has Sonic and two tails running down a tunnel at warp speeds, collecting rings, and generally having a good time. Two tails, yes. <laughs> Two tails. The there 3D is. effect. Is name? Is, two tails. The 3D. Apparently, two tails. The 3D effect is quite staggering, and the screen really shifts at an amazing 3D lick. The best bit is running up the top of a hill and careening down the other side as Sonic World stretches out into the distance. It's mm-hmm. an absolute laugh riot. Laugh and riot. Some of the best two player head to head hilarity you'll find anywhere. <laughs> wow. Um, wow, Tim, wow, wow. Tim Boone said, After all the hype, Sonic 2 is here at last, delivering everything you could reasonably expect from the game. 
For a start, it's all a tad faster, and the addition of tails hmm, is yeah. a real masterstroke. Not two tails. To, no. Just tails <laughs> is a real masterstroke to beef up the gameplay. Graphics are no great improvements over the original, but seeing as the first games are about wow. the best. Well, it gets better, it gets better, but seeing as okay. the first games were about the best you'll find, that's no bad thing. Sound is ace mm. too. The tunes aren't quite yeah. as memorable as the first game. Ooh, oh, Tim. Tim. Oh, I disagree. Suck my fucking blue balls, Tim. Jeez. I like how out of, out of everything that was in any of these reviews, the thing that's united us is like, fuck you, is that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be a dick, Tim. It's just wrong. Oh, but they're excellent nonetheless. And compliment, with an I, apparently, the game very well. Um, The only thing which lets Sonic 2 down slightly is the difficulty. Initially, it's not that much harder than the first game. (laughs) But things do improve on the later stages. It's better than the first game, not enough to induce an adrenaline overload, but more than enough to keep... But more than enough to keep everyone happy. A fine game, 94%. There was also a little bit in the article um, sort of explaining the game. Did you know? This, were, this was mm-hmm. like the Did You Know Gaming before the YouTube. It was in oh, CVG. Yeah. Did you know? One feature of Sonic nice. 2, which remains in the sequel, is the appearance of those poles <laughs> with the little balls on top. Just in case you're a... <laughs> Just... <laughs> <laughs> this isn't trivia, this is just a game mechanic. No. <laughs> Ju- those just poles with the little balls on those top. Those poles with the little balls, balls on top. Just in case you're a sad person and don't know what they're used for. <laughs> Every time you pass one, the computer remembers your position, and you get to stop there should you lose a life. Rather excellent, eh? Wow, computer, computer, Jesus! Wow, what a way to explain it. Yeah, fucking hell. That combination of words is very uh, unique. A very unique way to describe the Starlight Posts. Absolutely, the little balls on top, holes with the little balls. That's that's not wrong. That's what they are. Just yeah. wouldn't use that phrase, maybe. When I, whenever I see things like that, I'm like, man, they like they had to know, and they had to be like laughing about it in the editing. Of course room. they did. And that's that's like why they put it there. These magazines were all written by twenty year old men. Yeah, um, exactly. I say men loosely. Uh, yeah, they're basically lads mags, but with fewer boobs and more uh, pixels. <laughs> well, and, until Laura comes along, anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. Those were the days. Uh, can you imagine being a sad person who doesn't even know what a star post is? What Jeez, a fucking <laughs> Wouldn't be listening to this fucking podcast, that's for damn sure. Glad the computer remembers. All right, well, <laughs> I, another US magazine's perspective was Electronic Gaming Monthly, oh. EGM. That was the other big magazine besides GamePro. Mm-hmm. They listed Sonic 2 as the best Genesis game of 1992, saying, all in all, Sonic 2 is the best Genesis card to come along in a, line, in a long time. Wow. Thanks, EGM. But here's the thing. We're grabbing these contemporary reviews. I wanted to see something that was a little more recent. So I went on Metacritic and found a user review, oh, a middling user review from someone named Angry Nerds 100. He noted about the 2015 port of the Xbox. He says, I'm assuming it's a he, Angry Nerds 100. They say Sonic 2 is far from the perfect game everyone claims it is. Far from it. 
Oh. To say I got no enjoyment out of it would be a lie, but I can't say it's a great game. Oh, the screen crunch is awful, and I find myself to be constantly running into enemies, especially mm. since the levels aren't that well designed. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Sonic's about going fast, but the level design is oriented around speed and less platforming. The levels are just plain confusing because of it. You never know which path you're on or how far you've progressed in the level because what? the stages are super non-linear. What? Said with a negative tone, I assume. What? The pace of the game is broken once you start hunting down rings and checkpoints. The special stages themselves are just terrible. It isn't worth it, not even for Super Sonic. They are too dang hard. The control is slippery. The bomb placement is flat out unfair times. There's almost no room for error. They go on and on. To put the icing on the cake, they say, there is no real save feature. Getting a game over makes you have to restart the entire game and lose all of your emeralds. There is no excuse for this flawed game design, (laughs) especially since Super Mario World was already released on the SNES, and that game had a save feature. This also means I can't replay the fun levels without using the level select code, which I consider cheating. (laughs) However, (laughs) the worst part about this game are the fans who still defending this game and calling it flawless or the best Sonic game. Let me tell you, it's far from it. This doesn't mean Sonic 2 is bad. I just find it to be the weakest classic Sonic game. Six out of ten from Angry oh. Nerds 100. Can I? Hey, hey yes. Immediately angry. May I please slide in just for a second? I've been playing a lot of Always. Elden Ring recently. Thank you. Oh, steady on. I've been playing a lot of Elden <laughs> Ring recently, like most of the entire planet Earth. Um and I know what I'd like to say to angry nerds, plural, hundred, uh, get good. You know? Oh, okay. <laughs> get good, scrub. Yeah. They should have added um, an easy try, mode to Sonic 2. They should, yeah. Try finger, butthole, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. True Elden Ring players understand what I'm talking about. Uh, nice chest ahead and all that. Anyway, um, yeah, now, honestly, mate, on the off chance you are listening to this podcast, please join our Discord. I'd love to have a chat with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what you wish for. <laughs> Is that a threat? <laughs> so with these magazine reviews in mind and Metacritic review in mind, uh, the challenge is now on us to sum up our thoughts and give a final review rating for ourselves for Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um, my rating for Sonic 2 is like, this game, like, you know, I've honestly, I've been sitting here the entire time that we've been recording this podcast and playing it over and over again. <laughs> I've just, I've had the controller in my hands playing it. Uh, I've beaten it three times in that time. And that's kind of indicative <laughs> of, I think, how unrateable this game is to me. Because the, because the issue with it is like, I know it like the back of my hand. I can play it on autopilot. I, like... More than 15 years ago now, this game crossed over into this territory. You know, I was a, I was a teenager in high school dealing with things that teenagers in high school deal with and, and going mm-hmm. through a lot of a lot of a lot of things. And during that time, Sonic 2 became this game that I would sort of play. It's like this Zen game. It's meditative to me mm-hmm. um, when I needed to, like, think about things and think about my life and try to figure things out. I would just play put Sonic 2 on and just. It would it would transport me to <laughs> to, to this place. Yeah. So, as a result of that, I can't like I, I before I came on this podcast, I was playing it and trying to sort of like like get some thoughts together, and it's just it's very difficult for me to even come at it from a critical perspective because I know it so well and it's been with me for so long. All right. So what so number is that? Like 
unrated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you had to, if you had to put these impossible to quantify feelings into a very uh, uh, offhand number score, numerical score, well, that would be a uh, nine thousand seven hundred and eighty-two out of a possible score of nine thousand seven hundred and eighty-three. Okay. Nice. So. Okay, so we're back on the Dragon Ball. It's over nine thousand. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, well, I've I've done the maths with an S in the background, sure. and I've, deter- I've determined that it's ninety four point five seven three percent. Okay. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that seems reasonable, doesn't it? That's yeah. It's that's the exact percentage of good it is. <laughs> cool um i'm gonna in the spirit of i think it was official nintendo magazine i can't remember uk obviously uh i will give it uh, a top banana award Ooh. and and uh and two thumbs up our possible two because i've only got hey. that many which is appropriate it's called sonic 2 after all what is this a coincidence <laughs> is it all related it's, you know it's a sign um yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's unrateable, and I can't. I hate all that shit anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Actually. To, to, thank you. To, yeah, I love this game. I don't. I've said this before, and I'll say it again, again, again. Uh, that I think Sonic One is the most important one. I think Sonic Three and Knuckles, because they are one game, is the best one. I think Sonic Two is my favorite one. There you go. It's you get nice. a favorite out of ten. There you go. All right, all I right. like it. Yeah. Thank Josh, you. you stole my idea. I was, I was going to do the exact same two out of two thing because I don't well, top banana. Scores. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, like, yeah, two out of two. <laughs> sure. It's a, it's a great game. I, you know, can't really look at it and complain about anything. You know, it's a game I love and uh, mm. I like revisiting uh, whenever I can. And yeah, nothing really yeah. bad to say about it. We love it, don't we? Yeah, I think it's a nearly perfect experience. Uh, the special stages are not all that fun to me, uh, but it is definitely, I, I like how Josh put it. I think, I think it remains, it depends on the day, it depends how I'm feeling, it depends what I want from a Sonic experience at that time. But as both Josh's were saying, it's just mm-hmm. endlessly replayable. Uh, it's, it's so fun to just return and revisit these zones. Um, I never tire of playing it, uh, and I'm not sure that I ever will, so I give it an A, out of a possible alphabet. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, all right. There it is. Well, folks, uh, thanks. First of all, thank you so much, Josh, the Geek Critique, for uh, coming on our show. want to give you a little bit of space here to uh, make any plugs uh, for where people oh, can yeah. follow you. Or obviously, we should. everybody should check out the Geek Critique on YouTube. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. Yeah, on on YouTube, I've got um, sort of in-depth retrospectives on like lots of different video games, including Sonic. Um, Plan is actually for this year to have another Sonic season, which will uh, cover like I'm I'm sort of even going over going in chronological order over the past God, it's been like seven years now, and uh, so that would cover like everything from unleashed up until yeah maybe even as far as forces depends on how far i want to go with it Ooh, yikes nice. maybe not yeah that sounds exciting yeah well if you need any special guests i know who to turn to <laughs> you know <laughs> really enjoy your videos really glad that you came on to the show yes, today mate. thank you for coming thank you so much it's been a pleasure having you absolutely man 
And Pleasure he doesn't just chat about Sonic, does he? He did a lovely video on Metroid, which is worth a look. Oh, um, I like uh, yeah, Metroid. Yeah. Which is uh, what's your wait, wait? Wait, what's the what's the link? Quickly, you got a couple of seconds. Well, that is youtubecom critique or go to geekcritique.org. There you go. Oh wow, you got your own top-level domain. That's old and, school, yeah, baby. baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Organization. Yeah, yeah. It's, it just forwards to the YouTube channel. I've I, I thought oh, about okay. setting up like a like a '90s style website there. That that might be fun. Maybe try GeoCities. <laughs>